Don't make me turn this podcast around. You're listening to the Reno Dads podcast. We're dads talking about dad stuff. We're doing the dad thing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. But we're talking about things that all dads and parents can relate to. We'll share fatherly war stories, discuss manly things, and even get into the tender moments of fatherhood. We want you to be a part of the conversation, so join us and listen in. Oh, and be warned, dad jokes ahead. All right, welcome back to the uh, Reno Dads podcast. I have a couple of guests in the studio with me this this time around. Um, really special um, group of guys who are from a, a local chiropractic uh, practice who wanted to talk about being dad and also, you know, dad's health. So, Rick and Brandon, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. No problem, no problem. So, so uh, Rick, why don't you tell me a little bit about the practice and first, and you know, kind of how you got started in the in the business. Yeah, I joined the practice in uh, 2004. Uh, Dr. Cliff Fisher was the owner at the time. And actually, it was called Fisher Family Chiropractic at the time. And when I, once I joined, we decided we needed a, a more congruent name with us both being part of the practice. So then that's when we came up with Family First because yeah, that's what's most important to us is taking care of families. And then also, um, it's my priority in life. You know, Being a dad is what drives me each and every moment of every part of my life. So... It just made sense to call the practice there. Nice. And Brandon, you're a brand new dad. And so, so we were just talking about it before we started. So how's that going? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, fortunately, my daughter is is very happy and easy so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see if that continues. But yeah, it's been fantastic. She's about three months now and just. Oh, starting. you're in the thick of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> She's at the smiley stage. That's right good. Now. That's good. What's the biggest surprise so far in the three months? What can you, what do you think? <sighs> I think just that's a good question. I don't know if it if it's so much a surprise, but I think for me the amount of energy that it takes to make sure you're being present with her sure. and then also making sure the family's taken care of, right. the dogs and just making sure you're staying up on the responsibilities and also enjoying you know her as much as possible yeah yeah like i said it's the first 18 years it's the toughest part part. yeah when i remember when i first had my daughter 15 years ago i always laughed at the people i had the cars like baby on board and all that stuff i was like give me a break and then i remember driving home with my daughter and driving about 15 miles an hour (laughs) scared uh, like they let you walk <laughs> yeah. out. They let they literally let you walk out of the hospital with yeah. this human, right, in a little carrying thing, and you're like, okay, "Is that it?" Like yeah, you feel so responsible it? for yeah. it. And all I remember sudden, that. I, I remember I that. I was watching every car drive. I was like, "You better stay away from." Yeah, me. this <laughs> is it. This is it. <laughs> this is, there's I'm, precious car going. Precious here. car. Yeah, like, I remember that so well too. This is my, my my kids are a little bit older, right? I've got two in college, and my daughter is older, and you know she's uh, she's twenty. And I remember that moment, like putting her in the car seat and then walking out of the hospital and you're like, oh my God, they're going to let us walk out with this human. Like we're responsible for this human now. It's like three days in. And I already see that in Brandon too, yeah. a pretty relaxed guy, but all of a sudden I'm seeing some moments of, of high alert hackles going up, like protecting his, his little baby, man. He's, he's definitely changed. And there's, you, know, you know, it's interesting how the sort of instinct takes over, I think. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. That's good to hear. Um, how did you start in your uh, in the practice here, Brandon? How long have you been with the practice? Uh, this, so I started back in 2018, so I guess this is my fourth year. Mm-hmm. And so I got introduced to Family First when I was in college, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, mm-hmm. and met Dr. Rick through one of the other docs at the office. Okay. And just hit it off, and um, he kind of spoke about the chiropractic philosophy, how the body's self-healing, self-regulating. 
and from there, I just knew that I wanted to pursue chiropractic and, mm-hmm. and deepen my knowledge within that philosophy of, of healing. Yeah, so I've had a, I've had a, a couple of uh, my personal experience with it. You know, I've just had a couple of instances where I sort of you know went with a chiropractic, you know, just for adjustment type of thing. But talk talk to me a little bit about the practice as it is. You, I think you try to sort of set yourselves apart in a way from what people traditionally think of as chiropractic, right? So can you talk about a, lot, a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean. Three years ago, we cut cords relationship with all insurance companies because you know, insurance companies' idea of chiropractic is pain. You know, it's a pain model, right? Mm-hmm. You just go in when you're hurting, neck pain, back pain, whatever. But chiropractic, in its purest sense, um, and what was developed for was actually to improve the neural spinal system. So it's all about neurology. It's all mm-hmm. about the nerve. It's all about the brain communicating with the rest of the body and improving that so it's efficient at healing and adapting and just healing, healing, um, experiencing your highest quality of life. And insurance companies don't pay for that. And so as soon as you... They don't pay for wellness. They pay they for illness. Exactly. <laughs> they only pay for sickness. It's sick care, right? And we're all about health care and wellness. Mm-hmm. And so and evolving and you know, creating an optimal life for our patients. And you know, insurance companies, when you buy into that, they're not going to pay for that. So we had to cut cord with them so that we could do what we do, which is to optimize and elevate people's health. Okay. So some examples of that might be what, like somebody who wants to improve their, well, I mean, sometimes they might find you because they've been in pain from something, but uh, how, how else do they sort of come to you? What are they actually looking for? Yeah. Most people come to us for pain, yeah. right? And the first thing we always try to help them understand is the fact that pain's what's right with you. you know, it's telling you something. trying to protect you yeah. against what's wrong with you. And so our job, first and foremost, is to figure out what's wrong with you. What's the cause? And is it related to something we can help with? And if it is, it's generally something called a subluxation, which means there's an abnormal pattern in the spine that's affecting the nervous system, which is making it hard for the brain to communicate through the rest of the body, through the nervous system, and therefore can't adapt to its daily life like you're supposed to. And when you can't adapt, that's when pain shows up. Um, and so once we figure out what that cause is, and then oftentimes the pain goes away really quickly. And so what we try to help people understand is that um, beyond that, now we want to get your spine as healthy as possible so that your nervous system is functioning at its highest level so that you can continue to, to live at your, your highest quality of life. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a lot of a- athletes that come to talk to you or just like sort of regular dads? Like who, who, who comes or and families, I gather? Yeah, it's a lot of athletes. Um, Brandon actually is specialized with athletes in movement. That is mm-hmm. his um, mm-hmm. genre. Because he's constantly work, work, working to improve the way he moves his pattern, moves his body, moves his body patterns. Um, that's definitely his thing, and we get a lot of dads run that, also a lot of moms in that. Um, you know, and things have changed. In the old days, dads used to kind of get drug along by mom, right? Well, yeah, we can talk about that. We need to yeah. talk about that because guys definitely are, you know, they are reticent to go to the doctor, right? I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm 100% aware of that. So we can talk about that in a minute. But so they get drug dragged into this by whom? By the wife. Yeah. Usually, by mom. By mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but it's actually changing though. That is changing. So that's something we should definitely talk about. But you know, once they come in, um, then it, it really depends. Everybody has different goals. So there's the athletes. There's people who just want to take care of their babies. You know, want mm-hmm. their babies taken care of. Um, a lot of people want to get out of pain for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, you know, they just want to be able to live highest quality life and have a, a healthy spine. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when you found the practice, Brandon, what, um, where did you sort of then look for sort of knowledge? Is there, I, I guess, where, I, where do people study chiropractic here in Nevada? Is that where you studied or tell me a little bit about that? So both Dr. Rick and I went to what's called Life Chiropractic College in the Bay Area. Okay. But there's several chiropractic colleges throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're not a part of the university system. They're separate. Mm-hmm. And so someone who aspires to be a chiropractor um, typically visits different schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all a little bit different as far as the philosophy that they teach. Okay. Um, but the science is core to all of them. And so someone just needs to figure out if they are wanting to pursue that kind of how in depth with the philosophy, the art. So techniques, things like that, mm-hmm. that they want to experience. So back to this idea that dads or just men in general are maybe a little hesitant to go to the go to the doctor, like what, um, what are you seeing a difference? You said there's some differences now, but like, you know, I, I know, you know, guys of my age and, you know, in our fifties or something like that, you know, you know, we start to sort of need to see the doctor a little bit more probably. And then we sort of hope we maybe don't do it when we should. So, you know, what are you seeing and what are, what would you recommend to guys, you know, that are going to listen to this or just in general, like, or their spouses, their partners who might want to encourage them to, you know, sort of make more use of the, you know, of, of, of the doctors and visits and stuff like that. Well, there's been a cultural shift. I'm sure you're aware of this. You know, um, dads are starting to take on the, the nurturing role at home. There's a lot more stay-at-home dads. So mm-hmm. Actually, we're seeing dads be the, the gatekeeper to the family's health. And so you are seeing a, this bit of a shift there. But um, so you get both sides of it, right? You get the dad who comes in because he has to come in. Um, but then you also get these dads who are, are driving the whole family in, too, to get everybody under care and, and get get well. Um, the dads that get drugged in there, usually all they care about is getting out of pain, right? And they want to come one or, once or two. They figure, think you're going to do miracles with one or two adjustments, mm-hmm. and then they yeah. don't have to come back again. Yeah. Um, and then quickly they realize that, you know, this is an ongoing process. If you really want to get healthy, you really want to change your neurospinal system, it takes time. And then at that point, it's, it's decision time. You know, is that something that you're on board with or not? And mm-hmm. if not... You know, we're not the practice for you. Yeah, um, yeah. But if you are, if you really want to, you know, attain a higher functioning nervous system and, and live a higher quality life, then, then we're mm-hmm. the right place for you. Yeah. What are some, um, I mean, aside from uh, like the types of adjustments, we wouldn't get into some of the technical things too, but what are some of the other things that your practice sort of talks about? I think I've read some things about, you know, healthy diet as well and encourage your, your uh, patients to do. Yeah, so a huge project of ours was called our Evolutionary Series, which focuses on four pillars, which is eat well, move well, think well, recover well. And so all of our education with our patients is based around those four pillars Mm -hmm. and trying to give them the tools that they can utilize outside the office just to continue to evolve their health, like Dr. Rick mentioned. So quick summary of that. What would you say the eat well part? Can you kind of summarize each of those as the pillars, you know, just in a kind of a high level? So, I mean, the goal is obviously to optimize your health, Mm -hmm. right? So each pillar looks a little bit different. Um, Obviously with diet, we try and educate based on principles, not exactly not necessarily what to do, but just how to maybe approach it and mm-hmm. figure out, because uh, everybody's a little bit unique, figure out what works for you right. in those pillars. Uh, movement, try and expand people's uh, view on movement, uh, not this high intensity um, approach that our culture is so used to. 
um, but kind of out of the box. And then Dr. Rick kind of heads Think Well, which is getting people connecting back to themselves, mm -hmm. um, self-esteem, self-love, connection, those mm -hmm. type of things. And then Dr. Ray heads Recover Well, which is he does a lot of breath work, mm -hmm. um, cold therapy, heat therapy, those kind of things, okay. and, and touching on those. So we try and cover all these different components and simplify it for people um, and give them ideas on how they can utilize these things to mm -hmm. help improve their okay. health. Yeah. Um, are there things that you see, uh, you know, trends or things like that that are, um, well, it sounds like the good thing is, you know, you mentioned about, you know, men stepping up to being a little bit more involved, a little more uh, engaged in, in the health of their families. Um, are there some trends that you're worried about? Definitely. I mean, as a culture, the thing that concerns me the most, you know, when, back when I started at 18 years ago, um, you see there's, there's three ways that you typically will create an admiral pattern in your body. There's um, chemical stress, there's emotional stress, or physical stress. And when I first started, a lot of it was physical stress and chemical stress, but nowadays there's been a huge shift where I'd say 90% of what we deal with is emotional stress mm -hmm. as being the fundamental piece of it. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, I think, but it's definitely concerning. And it, it comes back to what Dr. Brand was talking about is a lack of self-love. You know, people are just really disconnected from themselves and are so stressed in today's world. It's, you know, there's such a division among so many people anymore. There's a lot of disconnect. And how does it stressed. How does it present itself? Like, how, how would you sort of not necessarily diagnose it? But like, what what are some of the things that you see the symptoms of that when you say the emotional stress? Well, the thing with emotional stress is um, it's a much more challenging to improve because. Um, you know, physical or chemical stress, you can take something away, right? But a lot of times with emotional stress, you can't get rid of the stressor. Mm -hmm. So it's more about focusing on ways to adapt to stress. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the biggest things is just helping people to realize to make that a priority. Because so many people don't. You know, people, I don't know, the people, a lot of people don't even recognize that that is the problem. Right. You know, they, 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 they're in pain, they're uncomfortable, they're, they're anxious, um, but they associate it with, with an external problem as opposed to you look in the mirror and understanding that there's there's something they need to address about themselves, something they need to improve about their, their daily habits that will actually help them to, to cope with the amount of stress that they're under every, every single day. Right, right, yeah. I think, I mean, a lot of my, you know, sort of experience with stuff like that is, you know, my personal, you know, approach has been, you know, keeping a pretty set routine on, on physical fitness, right? So I went through a stressful period a couple of years ago, right, you know, getting divorced, whatever, you know, my uh, swim team, you know, kind of got me through it, right? That this and also getting to play volleyball and coach volleyball and things like that. Beyond, you know, become being physically active. But sometimes it feels like you know people will do those things, but then not do the work around the emotional side to sort of figure out what it is. In other words, how to deal with it, you know, absent, you know, just sort of you know, kind of staying busy, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, that's been my experience. I'm, I'm curious if you, you know, so how do you sort of balance those things or how do you just, you know, sort of work with your patients to think through like, hey, you can keep yourself busy and then that'll keep your mind off of these things. But then how do you deal with the emotional sort of stress? So, I mean, it sounds like your practice is pretty holistic, right? Across not just the physical, but, you know, 
how are we meant to, you know, emotionally respond to things and recognize emotions? So are you guys like sort of counseling people in that way? Or how do you sort of work with your patients in that? It's more about bringing awareness to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hit on the head busyness. You know, that is, that's one of the problems is, um, you know, as our world has gotten more efficient and more technology based, we can get more done. But the problem is it's created the system where we feel like we have to get a lot done to be worthwhile. Um, and we've been you know, judging ourselves, you know, our standard of, of loving ourselves is based on what we do, not who we are, and oftentimes. And so there's so much around, um, am I worthy of my own love based on what I'm doing versus, you know, being here is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that I am who I am makes me worthy of my own love. Um, and so helping people just to understand the the disconnect there between, uh, the difference between, you know, doing and being. I mean, that's a, that's a huge step. And so we do podcasts similar to what you do. You know, we do send out, every week we send out a new um, video on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's uh, called your evolving tip of the week. And we hit the four pillars every week. And so Thinkwell is one of the big ones where you're just trying to give people different understanding, different perspective. Mm -hmm. and, and there's other, there's obvious um, strategies too, like meditation, um, like you said, physical fitness, but something that's not stressful, like going for a walk, you know, in a yeah. during a quiet time when um, you, yeah. know, you aren't encountering a lot of interaction, a lot of stimulus. Yeah. There's so much stimulus in our society. So just just finding quiet is, you know, one of the, the biggest. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a huge thing is, you know, finding some time to just kind of disconnect, but also, you know, be and be reflective, you know, sort of spend some time thinking about, you know, where you are and what you're trying to get done. And, and I think, I'm at a stage, you know, you're on the front end of this, Brent, Brent you're, you're, you're a couple of years from this, but like when you go empty nest where I'm at now, I'm like, okay, what's next? Not that I'm not still a dad. I will always be a dad, thankfully. Um, and I have, you know, good relationships with the kids, but I don't have daily sort of day-to-day -day interaction with them anymore. You're like, you know, you know, I, I sort of envy you in a way, Brent. Like I, I miss some of that. On the other hand, like, oh, I really do like getting a full night's sleep. So that's cool, <laughs> you know. But I, it's interesting because I feel like especially guys getting to this stage where I'm at, and you're not, sounds like too far from that, right, you know, where, you know, you'll be thinking like, okay, what's next? And clearly, you know, you're connected to your practice and the things that you do for your patients. Um, you know, for me, it's been def definitely a little bit of exploration of like, okay, what do I want to do next? What do I want to, you know, sort of explore? Um, do I stay here in Reno? Like, is that, a, you know, those types of questions and, you know, all kinds of, you know, things that are out there, especially when you sort of open a new chapter, right? You're starting that chapter. You're somewhere in the middle, you know, closer to the end. I'm sort of in a chapter where my kids are, you know, kind of becoming almost adults. It's yeah. a weird transition, right? And yeah. Cause that, so I have kind of two separate family groups in that we have three older boys mm -hmm. um, who are all grown and gone and then we have this younger daughter and uh you know, having the three older boys i got to appreciate how fast it goes yeah so i was like yeah. man when we have this little girl i'm gonna appreciate every moment i'm gonna make this last as long as i can yeah but guess what it still flies by so quick yeah. here i am you know yeah. three years removed from her being gone and yeah. i struggle with that question like because you know, I really value myself as a dad. You know, that's yeah. a label I put on myself as being a great dad. Yeah. And so what's my worth when, when I don't get to have that daily interaction with her anymore and she doesn't need me as a dad anymore. And, it, and at times I get depressed about it. Yeah. It makes me emotional. I mean, yeah. this yeah. last weekend, we had this great weekend. At the end of it, I got really emotional because, um, you know, that 
it, those opportunities are becoming less and less. Yeah, yeah. And no, so, I totally get who that. am I outside of being a dad? And that's a it's a big question. Yeah, I struggle no. with. And yeah, I would. I think it'd be awesome to hear Brandon coming into the, the beginning of that. Process. Yeah, I mean, you've been a partner to somebody for a while now. You've had this, you know, yeah. sort of shift into you know fatherhood. Um, what's changed for you? I mean, everything. uh, everything's changed. But what, like what? I mean, that's a that's a really low question. That's the biggest surprise. How everything? <laughs> how everything's changed? How, how much? Fast. I mean, I, I mean, you have nine months to prepare for it. Sure. It goes by like that, and then everything changes again. Sure. So, I think. I mean, and obviously, as patients come in, our family, our loved ones, our friends from the community, everybody's like, enjoy it. It goes fast. So you hear that all the time, and. I mean, just even thinking back, she's three months old now, but if it was yesterday that I was just holding her in the hospital for mm-hmm. the first time, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I don't know where the hell the last Right, you've heard this, the, day, the days are long, the years are short. Yeah. Again, you've heard that before, I'm sure, yeah, and that's yeah. absolutely true, absolutely so. true. So, um, yeah, I think um, it's, what's encouraging to me here in the Reno Dads world anyway is over these last few years working with Reno Dads, has been that there is this conversation happening, right? It was so interesting to me to start to kind of have the conversation openly about, okay, what are the challenges of fatherhood? How do we address them? How do we support other dads when, you know, before, you know, this emotional connection to other men, especially in fatherhood, was sort of not done, right? You didn't see your dad do it or hardly at all. And so now we sort of have these conversations. You have this great connection in your practice, you know, leader here, and you can ask him questions. Sounds like you, you know, you have a great relationship to be able to go to somebody and say, hey, uh, I'm feeling this way, or I'm thinking about this, like, is that normal? You know, and and that didn't exist, right, when our, our dads were doing it. And so it's been really, really amazing to see that transition, or at least that effort is what we care about at Reno Dads. Like we yeah. care about, you know, the health and well-being of our dads, our fathers in this in this community. Where else are you, you know, so what else are you sort of thinking about when it comes to, I mean, I know you've got a lot on your mind and yeah. I can't even believe you're actually awake here, Brent. I'm just, just going <laughs> to throw it right out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, that you're even like, even able to answer any questions. Like, yeah. um, you know, how are things at home? Like, is it, you know, is it, you feel like you're, you know, getting into a groove and then like a week later things change yeah well it's been a a stressful journey because we actually bought a house and moved in a week before the baby came so what else can we throw on your plate brandon (laughs) so there's a lot going on for sure but uh it's kind of funny because some of my paternity leave was spent putting grass in the backyard for the dog so Am I in a groove? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the challenges, again, going back to what I said earlier, is just making sure everybody else is taken care of. Yeah. Because mom does so much with the baby, um, you know, I really try and take care of the dogs, the cooking, the cleaning, and just try and step up in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just making sure that everything stays in order as much as possible. Yeah, I think the, there, I don't give a lot of advice to new dads. I will say this though, if, if she's uh, feeding the baby and she's, you know, and you know, breastfeeding or whatever, um, offer her some water. Yeah. <laughs> she will always be thirsty and she will always appreciate that. Yeah, that's my one that's little piece good. of advice uh, yeah. that I would say. Um, yeah, I think um, the other thing that I, I'm reading a little bit about that I, I hope, you know, for a new dad and, and for other and what you said earlier, Rick, about, you know, sort of men stepping up to do the sort of 
emotional labor of managing the family and all the things, right? Mm -hmm. So when you said that about dads coming in saying, thinking about their family's health in a, you know, and really actively participating in it and actually managing it and helping sort of being really engaged, that's really encouraging. Cause it's not as simple as saying like, oh, I'm gonna do all these other things for, because she's doing, you know, she's doing the heavy lifting on X, Y, or Z. Like a lot of times the moms never let go of, and the spouse never lets go of that, you know, emotional labor of like, okay, we're thinking about this thing in the future and she's backing up all the things that she needs to do before then. Like, so example, for example, like I used to think about this a lot, we'd have friends over for, you know, when we were married and I had friends over, like there was the thing that I did was like, oh, I'm going to fire up the grill. Like I'm good. And, but you know, my, my <laughs> wife, my ex-wife was like, I got to go get food. I got to plan the menu. I got to do these things. I got to make sure we have all these, you know, like all of the things that lead up to that. Right. So once you sort of learn that, and I think what you said is an example of men coming in to step up, to talk about, or to at least manage their family's health, at least from the perspective that you described, that's a really good thing. Like, and it should be that you are in fact relieving this, you know, your spouse, your partner of those things to even think about, right? right. It's done. It's handled. So, I mean, that's another little bit of advice, which is to say that she shouldn't be thinking about it at all, except to say that, hey, it's handled. Or if she has something that she's really, you know, sort of, you know, that she wants you to know, then, you know, she'll tell you. But like, if you handle all of that stuff and it's just done, like, yeah. then she really is able to focus on the, yeah. the one important thing or the two important things. Well, I think that touches the point that you made earlier of, or the question that you asked of what's shifting. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd say more dads are stepping into leadership roles. So not even just managing, mm -hmm. but actually making decisions to take pressure off mom. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, talking about it. Cause I know to your point, and my dad was always pretty emotionally inward. He didn't express very often, Sure, but I definitely find like my buddies who have kids and then just dads that come into the practice, the joy around that and how many more dads seem expressive about that. So that's I think awesome. That's, yeah, been that's great to hear. Yeah. It's, I think it's getting more accepted because moms do such a good job of supporting each other. And so now dads yeah. are. Well, I mean, that was the, f I mean, not even lying about it, like why Reno dads came to an existence, right? I mean, the, Mike and David were like, well, you guys have this great blog and we don't have anything like that. We should do something. I mean, I think they were drinking whiskey too. I mean, I think, <laughs> but they were super cool about it. And they were like, hey, you know, we need to start something up. We need to come up with something that everybody can kind of, kind of do that and express uh, their joys and, you know, and concerns about fatherhood and do it in a, you know, in a community. Well, if it takes whiskey to embrace uh, vulnerability, maybe we need to add that into the, the eat well pillar. Yeah. You know, it's not <laughs> a bad thing. I do love that about Reno dads. I love, and you expressed this earlier, about supporting each other, mm -hmm. you know, being vulnerable, being willing to talk and say, look, we don't have this all figured out, right? Yeah. As, a, yeah. as men, it's a typical um, stereotype of men, at least in the past, it's always been, you know, I'm going to figure man it out. Up. My, yeah, man yeah. up. Yeah. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah. You know, do it. But you know, it's, it's not such a bad thing to have other men to speak, to talk to you and have the support and uh, help you understand ways that you can improve and evolve you know, your manhood. Well, I will say, uh, even last week I was on a phone call at work and, you know, it's sort of a random thing. And there were three guys on the, on the call and we were talking and one of them had some thing come up about childcare, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, he, we started talking about it. And, you know, in this work environment, I was just like, hey, guys, I just want to point this out. There are three of us talking about childcare on a, you know, three men talking about childcare on this call. Like, there are no women involved at all. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a nice little, you know, thing that I don't think our dads did. I mean, not that we, you know, I sort of know, but for sure. But I, you know, I think that a lot of that is, um, 
is relatively new. And I think it's one of the things that we're really proud of with the Reno Dads, you know, sort of blog and just the activities and things that we do. So I say, I think wrapping up, I mean, I just want to close out with what are, you know, key things that you want dads to be thinking about when it comes to their health? I mean, you know, you, you have this practice and people, if they came into your practice, if you were to just give sort of, you know, a blanket sort of ideas for dads to be thinking about, and I'll give each of you a chance to sort of answer that. Well, there's a couple roles you play, right? Number one is um, as an example to your kids. Uh, if you don't take care of yourself, you, know, you don't eat well, you don't move well, you don't think well, you don't recover well. You know, what, what message are you sending to your kids? You can tell them so you're blue in the face, but they're going to pattern what they see. Mm-hmm. And number two, your role is to be around for those kids and you know to, to live a high-quality life for them so you can be engaged, you can do the activities that you want to do with them. And so you got to take care of yourself for for both those reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, love that. So I'd say first advice would be role model. So practice what you preach. Yeah. Be an example. Because uh, obviously it's not what you say, it's what you do. Um, and I learned this from Dr. Rick. Um, the values I would love to instill in my daughter is definitely like self-esteem, confidence. Um, health would be fantastic, but that's up to her. And I really feel that if you can instill that, which starts with you, then she can derive her values from that. And then secondly, and this is probably true for girl dads, I don't know if it's the same for boy dads, but maybe uh, treat your partner very well. Because ultimately her relationships with males are going to derive from your relationship Mm -hmm. with her mom. So, you know, bringing that into the awareness and making sure that you treat mom really well, uh, is very important. Yeah, that's great. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, it's really, you know, it's really uh, a joy to chat with you guys. And I know you have a lot going on. <laughs> so that is uh, awesome. And congratulations. Uh, give you. your best and give our best to um, your wife. Uh, so and it's a it's awesome that you're uh, the beginning of the journey uh, as a father and uh, we're excited for you. So you sounds like you've got great mentors and people you can rely on. And I hope you get to do that, you know, for a long, long time. So yeah, thanks for both for both of you guys for coming in. Well, thanks for having us and keep doing such great work. I love thanks. What you guys are doing. Yeah. This is awesome. Awesome, guys. Thanks. You've been listening to the Reno Dads podcast on renodads.com. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stop by renodads.com and click on contact us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Reno Dads and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us. We hope you'll join us here next time and we'll see you online at renodads.com. Oh!